Hello, you beautiful humans. This is Jonathan Perez, your host of the Become Unlimited podcast. Welcome. Just a quick reminder of the purpose of the podcast. Really here on a mission to help you explore and equip you with the most effective tools and practices across topics such as nutrition, fitness, emotional and mental health, spirituality, relationships, and lifestyle design. I am super excited as always, really, to have these conversations, but definitely excited to be here with you today with this episode. I have a very special guest. Uh, this is a friend of mine from all the way back from middle school who has undergone her own transformation, and I've just been super, super inspired by her journey and everything that she's involved in uh, today. And I was really excited to bring her on to the show to discuss the topic of sexuality and sex, which is a very touchy topic. So I do want to, to preface that this can be a, a tricky conversation if you are one who maybe is really sensitive to the topic of sex and sexuality. So if that's the case, just beware that we can definitely go on some tangents that may feel a little bit uncomfortable. So beware. So the topic of the title will be sexuality is our human nature. And we'll talk about why it's such a scary topic in society today. Some of the topics that Channing and I discuss some of the big questions are what is sex? Why is there so much shame around the topic? What is sexuality? What has led to such a strong resistance to expressing our sexuality today? Where can we get help as it relates to shame around sexuality? And then last, we also discuss how we can use our sexuality in healthy and powerful ways. There's some really good stuff in here, so I'm very, very excited for you to listen to this conversation now I'll give you a brief intro to Channing before I bring her on to the show. Channing Renee is a student from San Diego pursuing her MA in clinical psychology with an emphasis in human sexuality, particularly ethical non-monogamy, also known as ENM, where she will continue the clinical work of sexuality researchers in the hopes of broadening our insight of human sexual behavior and development. Channing's concerns are focused on educating the youth about their bodies, the foundations of healthy relationships and intimate connection, consent, and safe sex, as well as continued sex education for adults, as she believes human sexuality lies on a spectrum and continually needs understanding of how human sexual behavior transforms. So with that, let's welcome Channing, and I do hope you enjoy this conversation and that you learn a ton here with us together. Channing. Hello, Governor. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. I'm so pumped to have this combo with you today. You know, I'm excited to got all my outlines ready. I'm in my environment. Head is ready. clear, mostly. <laughs> ready to go. And to go. the big topic, well, if I'm looking at the title that we ended up deciding on, that sexuality is our human nature. And we're exploring why it's such a scary topic in society today. And if I'm looking at that title... Again, just based on my network of people, I thought that you were a perfect fit to talk about this. And I would have already given just a short intro to to you, but I would love if you can take a sec to, to share with us your background and your story, especially as it relates to, to the title that we're covering here. Sure. So my interest is within human sexuality and my emphasis is within consensual non-monogamy or open relationships, ethically non-monogamous relationships, particularly polyamory. But for the broader picture, human sexuality became 
a passion of mine just due to it being taboo and because nobody seemed to want to speak about it. And a lot of our programs that we have in school are abstinence-based only, which has been shown to not help with human sexuality and teaching teens and having people be informed of what their sexuality is. I, I just wanted to make something bigger, make something greater. I wanted to put a dent in what we're not talking about, which is human sexuality. So I'm currently studying psychology as my foundational science. I have my BA in psychology and I've, I'm currently accepted in a master's program for clinical psychology, which I'm very excited about because I do want to better understand how research is conducted. And I am excited to one day publish my own research in human sexuality. So I start school August of 2021, and I can begin my journey on, on becoming a, a doctor, receiving my PhD and hopefully opening my own practice and helping those who wish to better understand themselves sexually, help those who have endured sexual trauma, and just paint a better picture of what human sexuality is, making it more comfortable to speak about and having it be less taboo because we're all doing it and our numbers are increasing. Our population is growing at an immense rate. Uh, supposedly by 2050, there's going to be about 11 billion people, which is a huge jump from 9 billion um, or 8 billion, I believe, wherever we're currently at. So it's, it's mm -hmm. getting up there, <laughs> running out of space. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've said it, I've said it many times, but I'll say it again, huge, huge congrats. And I'm just super excited uh, for your journey. And I couldn't agree more with you on, on what you're saying. And this is, I believe, the reason why we're having this conversation. I, I myself have noticed the resistance to have conversations around sexuality, especially in school, in the workplace, et cetera. And what I've noticed is that it's literally part of our human nature, right? So I think it's, mm -hmm. it's essentially an injustice to not give it the attention that it deserves. And again, hence why I'm, I'm loving the opportunity to have you here. And for, for the listeners, in terms of the structure of the conversation, if you've listened to the other episodes, you'll, you'll notice a bit of a difference. But the way I'm going to structure it today is just really going through a, a list of questions that Channing and I have worked uh, to put together and, and hope that you can get uh, some value from it. And hopefully these are some of the most frequently considered questions in terms of the topic. And I'll let Channing speak to these and, of course, provide certain resources. And what we'll do also is you'll have a link to a document that links to many of the resources we're talking about. Um, and you can, of course, feel free to, to reach out with any questions. And Channing, do we give consent for folks to reach out to you as well for questions? Yes, of course. Absolutely. And I do want to preface it that I'm not yet someone who is qualified to give any medical advice or anything that is considered clinical, but I'm happy to give you my humble opinion and just what I've mostly read about human yes. sexuality thus far and experience. <laughs> yes, I love prefacing with that because everything we talk about here is really just based on the person's um, experience, opinions. Otherwise, we would have told you so. Um, so I'm glad that we are making it very clear. <laughs> Make it clear. Yes. Uh, yes. Okay. So first question, and this is a short one, but a juicy one, hopefully. What mm -hmm. is sex? Mm -hmm. So sex is, it lies on a spectrum. Uh, we are incredibly layered and complex human beings and language in itself always waters down the human experience. I broke it down, um, this, this word sexual intercourse, which is sexual relating to the instincts 
physiological processes and activities connected with physical attraction or intimate physical contact between individuals and intercourse, which is communication or dealings between individuals or groups. And typically when we think of sex, we, we use uh, sexual intercourse, which a lot of people immediately go to vaginal and penile penetration. And which these days, that's not what it means anymore. Sex can be anything intimate. It can be any sort of communication of uh, sexual contact. It can be, uh, there's this term called sapiosexual, where you are turned on by somebody's intellect. There is just whatever you can think of, people have most likely done it and what they consider to be sex. So you define what sex is. And again, that's on a huge spectrum. People can do it to procreate. People can do it for a release. They can do it to bond with their, their physical or intimate partner. They can do it by themselves. They can do it to have experimentation, to grow, maybe to discover what it is that they like and don't like. Um, sex is, is whatever you define it as, as long as it's consensual and it is safe, you understand the risk that is in in entailing when you are, are connecting with another being, or if you're using devices with yourself, understand the type of risk that you might be getting into. If you use, say, BDSM tools or um, just anything that might pierce your body, um, it can be whatever you describe it to be. There are body-centered sex people where um, you have sex just for yourself and it is more physically, um, you just you appreciate it for its physical release or there are person-centered sex where you do it to be emotionally connected so again it's just however you describe it yeah i'm already learning so much which is another reason i was so excited for this conversation mm-hmm. and to take that further what we had talked about was really talking about the shame part so to summarize that in a question What's your opinion on why there is so much shame around the topic of sex? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's a ton. We we were founded on uh, mostly religion, and beginning in the early or late 1400s, there was the colonization and religion, which set the basis of our beliefs. And today, we still face heavy backlash from the church. Um, and what kind of intimacy is considered normal or in more in, immoral? Uh, moral or immoral uh, amongst us. And uh, just recently, I'm sure a lot of people has, have seen, the, but the little Nas X, his recent music video, it's called Call Me By Your Name. And um, there was huge uproar due to the portrayal of same-sex intimacy within his video. And he himself has come out homosexual, but the stigma needs to end. And um, I've actually, I want to share a couple of resources where, uh, let's see, just talking about shame. So one resource is Psychology Today, and it talks about things like our family, church, school, and storytelling, which is shown in movies, TVs, shows, books, art, video games, and within our own peer groups is how shame can come about. And if you don't know much about human sexuality, if you don't know about your own sexual being, you will create shame about it. There won't be a stable foundation to teach people and currently we we have no foundation we only have what is being portrayed to us and what other people believe is okay again which has come from the church and um it's it's something that needs to be spoken about to take the power and 
uh, fear away from what human sexuality is. So there can no longer be shame. So you can feel safe. So you can feel understood and validated within your own sexual needs. It's pretty scary currently, the environment that we're in, where people don't even know where to begin, how to talk about it, because it is such a broad topic and in depth. And it just has to have this platform in which we can begin a conversation. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And I know that we'll go a little bit deeper in terms of how to reach out for support and help uh, around this topic specifically. And one area I did want to go into was a distinction. And to do that, I have the question of what is sexuality? So sexuality, again, lies on a spectrum. It's what you describe it as. So it's a person's capacity for sexual feelings. And it can be of someone's orientation, how you feel towards another being, whether you are homosexual, heterosexual, or asexual. And what is huge currently is about gender identity. And I also have attached a few, if not quite a bit of resources, how to talk to teens about gender identity. And I did some TED Talks as well about language around gender and identity and your own orientation. How do you describe yourself? Because there is pansexuality where you love all beings, regardless of what's between their legs or how they identify. And one TED Talk in particular, I I really liked this um, being. They go by Archie Crowley. They, They identify as they, them, theirs. And they mentioned dictionaries are often thought of as authority of language, but dictionaries in fact are changing all the time. And here are where our minds are really blown. Dictionaries don't provide a single definition for words. Dictionaries are living documents that track how some people are using language. Language does not originate in dictionaries. It originates with the people and dictionaries are the documents that chronicle that language use. And so a lot of us have difficulty when this gender identity is coming out because we only see very dichotomous where there is male, female and no in between. But again, because human sexuality lies on such a huge spectrum, you can identify and feel and orient yourself toward any being in which you feel intimately for. And again, that doesn't have to be physical. It can be emotionally. It can be energetically. You don't necessarily have to have sex in order for it to be considered love or a particular theme, I suppose, in which we usually follow. It can be anything at this point. And again, as long as it is consensual and between well-versed individuals, so adults, then it it should be no problem. There should be no issue in how people choose to indulge their love and um, language of love. Mm. Yeah, thank you, Channing. And to take that one further, I'm curious what you believe has led to such a strong resistance really in terms of ex- the expression of that sexuality today. I know you, you mentioned a few areas, but can you go a little bit deeper on your beliefs around why there's a lot of resistance there? Of course. So aside from the repression of human sexuality through religion and just the lack of communication, I, I do believe that it has a lot to do with not knowing the self very well and what you like, what you love, what you want to enjoy in, in your being. And not many people know what their boundaries are. And I think the experimentation is what helps people discover that within themselves. 
but where do you begin, right, to find the self? So again, I have attached some books in which I hope will help people. Um, some examples are The Body Keeps the Score, which is brain, mind, and body and the healing of trauma, because trauma is huge in how you continue your path as child to adult and what your choices are as you grow old. They are impacted heavily by trauma. And there's the Untethered Soul Guided Journal, which practices to journey beyond yourself. Um, there is AWARE, the science and practice of presence, which for me, I believe being present is huge because then you have the ability to know where you are at emotionally, what you are experiencing in the moment and whether it's something you are handling well, whether you are reacting or acting, whether it is emotionally charged, you're able to better siphon through your, your emotions and, and have the ability to choose something that can be healthier. So instead of acting out of rage, you can sit with yourself and understand, okay, what is this emotion that I am feeling? Instead of reacting, how can I act in a healthy manner to better understand what this human is doing to me or what I've done to myself due to an action? It just gives you a better ability to, to make better choices when you're present. Uh, so I, I appreciate what Daniel Siegel has created with an aware because there's also a wheel of awareness meditation that he has created himself, which is a beautiful practice. Um, I totally recommend people check that book out. There's also the power of now, which is another present book where you can sift through emotions. That's by Eckhart Tolle. Um, How to change your mind, which is another beautiful book. What the science of psychedelics teaches us. That's if you do dabble within the psychedelics, um, but this, this, author Michael Pollan does a beautiful job about describing death, addiction, depression, and how to transcend a lot of what's human. And there's the book Breaking the Habit of Yourself by Dr. Joe Dispenza, which helps you better understand your habits, your habitual patterns, what makes you tick, and how to healthily guide yourself into, again, better mental habits, better anything really um, just getting yourself away from addictions and maybe even depression if you have really ob obsessive thoughts or obtrusive thoughts that bring you down and really prevent you from seeing life maybe as it is so I again I think the strong resistance to expressing ourselves sexually has to do a lot with trauma our society the fact that we don't know much about human sexuality or that we do and then it's not spoken about that it's not clear and concise because the spectrum that it lies on people need to understand that there will not be a black and white answer for human sexuality and um just us not having the ability or safety to express ourselves sexually is why i believe there's still such a strong resistance so good and Pretty much all the books you referenced, I have most of them here on my shelf. So I have a huge smile on my face. Like, yeah, we're yeah. all, we're definitely in alignment. <laughs> and I would, I would strongly <laughs> recommend, yeah, all of those books to, to anyone. And as a matter of fact, there's a couple of those that are my most recommended books actually that have had the, the biggest impact on me specifically. So I also wanted to, to add that. Can you go a little bit deeper uh, on sharing any other resources or, or what you would suggest folks can do in addition to maybe books or videos 
uh, for folks to reach out to get help and support as it relates to, to the underlying shame or trauma that exists around the, the sexuality topic? Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of groups and if you just search them through Google or if you go to more specific websites, the one that I currently use, I, I want to recommend, although I'm, I'm sure there are other websites that can be more I don't even like saying the word professional, but I suppose more professional um, than the one I'm about to give. But this one I like in particular because it allows people to express themselves in fetishes. It's called fetlife.com, F-E-T-L-I-F-E.com, where you can find beings that have certain fetishes that you'd be afraid of admitting publicly. You can keep an anonymity toward you yourself with this website and just seek what other people are dabbling in, seek to find groups and stuff that you like, or even create a group, a subgroup of a fetish that you enjoy. And I'm sure you will find somebody so you don't feel alone. So that website, I enjoy myself. Um, but there are there are groups that you can, you can easily find going through websites. Um, there are blogs, say, if, if you don't necessarily want to talk about fetishes, but instead about say if you're a teen and you want to get birth control advice or you want to understand just about what human sexuality is and it's in it's in a means that's more I'd, I'd say it's easily more consumable than if you were to just look into research articles but there's teen talk which is teentalk.ca um, it's your sex life which i'm sure a lot of people have heard through mtv uh, that's it's your sex and that's a website which uh, gives public information to support young people in making responsible decisions about their sexual health. And then there are blogs and websites that can help if you want to be, um, I suppose, better understand yourself in regard to your orientation. That one's the Center for Positive Sexuality.org, gives plenty of beautiful resources. Um, there are some links with on that website that don't work, I've noticed, but there are a lot more links that do work. And again, they give great information. That one is, again, Center for Positive Sexuality. And then there's also Sexuality Education Resource Center, MB, which is serc.mb.ca, which also has a great amount of human sexuality um, resources to just help you grow from uh, your shame and to better get a hold of who you are as an individual, what you like, how to feel safe. And there are, again, blogs to reach out to people that have that same same wanting to better understand themselves and, and openness to want to talk to people so you can feel that you're not alone. Yeah. Thank you. And for the listeners, we will, again, include uh, the list of, of all of these that Channing is mentioning on the on the document that we're providing. So you'll have access to all of those. Uh, question for you, Channing, in addition to everything you've mentioned, are there any specific teachers around sexuality that you would recommend folks to, to look up? Well, there are the ones that got me started is uh, Masters and Johnson. They were not the first human sexuality researchers, but definitely one of a couple of pioneers that began human sexuality from its infancy. There's Kenzie, Alfred Kenzie. There's actually the Kenzie Institute that you can check out as well. But um, there are there are beautiful research. Um, let me see. There are other professors that you can pretty much find at any institution that are talking about human sexuality, whether they are adjunct professors or lecturers. Um, for example, 
the person at my school, her name is Karen Iso and she's a lecturer, but she was so open and so willing to talk about anything and everything. And you can find her at CSU San Marcos and the faculty website. So if you ever wanted to reach out to her by email, she's more than happy to, I'm sure, answer any questions, but she's, she's an awesome being. And even at my old college, my junior college, Palomar College, there was a professor there, which I believe she's retired at this point, but I'm sure whoever took over her position will be just as happy. And you, uh, yes, it's, it's easy to, to search anyone. It's just, I suppose, finding the person in your area. Yeah, make, that makes sense. And I would add the mm-hmm. person that you resonate with too, right? Yes. Definitely. Yep. And again, if there are any questions on anyone that, that Channing is mentioning, uh, she has opened up her, her DMs to, to any questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> slide <laughs> so in. slide in there if anything <laughs> comes up. Well, the the last question I have here that I'm really curious to hear your, your perspective on, and this, of course, goes just for everyone's uh, benefit is, you know, what's your belief around how we can use our sexuality in not only healthy, but powerful ways? Mm-hmm. Again, discovering the self and just representing all parts of human sexuality and intimacy, not just considering your own, consider everybody's and see and discover whether you resonate with the masculinity and femininity because there are even those subgenres in human sexuality that people like to portray themselves as or if you're androgynous or if you are non-binary you know how do you identify yourself and to find that out you really have to do the the soul searching the digging within yourself and seeing what your boundaries are to take away the fear and empower what is natural, which is unconditional love and express that as you feel suit consensually, of course. And uh, another a beautiful saying that I heard, but I kind of tweaked for myself was we're often told to love each other the way we want to be loved. But this assumes that we are the standard for that love when there are billions of other people, we are not that standard. So what's important is the communication to be able to ask that person, how do you want to be loved? We need to treat people the way that they want to be loved. But of course, that brings up the difficult question, well, what if they don't know how to be loved? And that's when it's kind of a paradox. It's almost like a loop within itself. If we don't know how to be loved, we don't know the self that's within, how can we know what to tell somebody what we need and what we want? And there's also, well, are you living off of trauma? What is your trauma telling you to do? How is your trauma telling you to be loved or to love another being? So it's a lot of a lot of work and it's a lot of understanding and awareness. Again, so it brings back being present to be able to sift through these thoughts that you are having and to know how to communicate, to ask people, well, what is it that you need? And am I am I equipped to give you what you need in the first place? Or how can I learn to be equipped to love you and, and meet your needs? And it's, it's a lot of intricate, complex things in human behavior that we have to, to better understand and um, experiment, right? Be present, be brave. And um, if you 
want to seek help, find a practitioner that is qualified, that knows what they are talking about in regard to human sexuality, because surprisingly, a lot of practitioners, medical doctors, therapists learn very, very little about human sexuality, which is so strange and so unfortunate, but it is surprising how extraordinarily little we are taught about human sexuality. And again, in my case, because I am interested within ethically non-monogamous relationships, I have heard from many people who have seen clinicians that say, hey, you are seeking these multiple relationships based off of trauma because your parents were in a divorce, because you had gay parents. So many things that maybe your trauma could have some sort of with it but for the most part if you feel that you've dealt with your trauma and that you've sifted through everything you need to sift through it's most likely no that clinician is incorrect and they're just not qualified to be able to give their professional opinion on what is considered ethically non-monogamous so if it's a discrepancy in that area there's going to be discrepancies in many other areas that these clinicians or therapists may not be fully aware of so seek multiple opinions before forming your own idea about yourself and and be sure that you sit with it and all those resources that I am providing don't just take one resource and say okay this is it I found the way like do that soul searching and path seeking for yourself on such a great and in-depth level that you can solidly be sure that yes this is me I've seen so many different um paths that I can now properly and safely confidently say this is who I am as a human being and what I enjoy what I love as my sexual self yeah well there's a lot there and again thank you for for sharing and being vulnerable with us as well and it sounds to me like what you're saying is by doing the soul searching by figuring out and doing the work of of who you are and how you relate to your sexuality and building a better relationship with it that it becomes empowering in a way and that you're actually able to use it in a more healthy way and that by doing it yourself you also empower and inspire others to do the same for themselves mm-hmm. yes absolutely i do want to add mm-hmm. that we do have a privilege uh, being here in the United States, um, certain states there are is still really strict laws and uh, biases. However, California, at least San Diego, Los Angeles, especially I know there are other areas there. We have privilege to have the ability to talk about human sexuality in a particular way. So if you were to go to a different country where laws are incredibly rigid, where women can be murdered, or homosexuality is completely frowned upon, and where death is is a consequence for being sexually open. So we have a privilege and I believe that we should use it and and use it wisely and and have that ability to spread information to help people and let it ripple to other countries and hopefully free and give liberation to those that don't have it yet. Yeah, no, that's that's beautifully said. And I think it's a baby step in that direction, right? Like even having this conversation, my, my motivation now that you put it that way is also, yeah, to just become um, involved in the conversation, but also help people become more aware and, and empowered that there is another way. And it is very tricky mm-hmm. as well to your point. So I, I would agree that not only 
in the context of this conversation that we're having, but in many other ways that we are privileged in, in the ability to have the conversations. And that I do think just like we are doing that we should embrace that privilege and use it for good. Yes. Yeah. And, and teach our children because it, it in the end begins with our younger generations, the generations that will be leading us one day. And I've always said that children do not have preconceived notions of what human sexuality is. They see how we react toward the topic of human sexuality and then begin to realize, okay, this isn't something okay to talk about. This is something that's looked down upon or that has fear behind it. So if we begin to teach our children what human sexuality is, not necessarily the act, right, but more so of what your genitals are, why you receive pleasure when you touch your genitals, because there are children who they, they give themselves pleasure without necessarily knowing and understanding the meaning behind it. They just enjoy the pleasure they are feeling and experiencing. So, you know, as, as age progresses, we begin to be more in depth with our children to their genitals to then what relationships are to then the act of sex and what sex means to each individual and being and just have those things implemented within our schools like change our school system to teach to teach us what's going on instead of just brushing over it and continuing with history or mathematics like let's talk about what our kids will be doing for the rest of their lives if they're not asexual and and procreation because again, our numbers are just going up and it's not slowing down anytime soon. Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to summarize because I want to capture it for myself as well, that what you're saying, I think is so important in the context of a lot of the work that we're talking about, because we're providing conversation and the resources to empower people to take action and break the cycle that we're talking about to avoid the same shame that we're talking about how to support people in healing. Yes. Yeah. So yep. it's really up to us to take responsibility to break the cycle, at least in the ways that we can uh, for the future mm -hmm. generations. And in order to do that, we have to take responsibility for ourselves. And that is the work, people. Channing, you and I yeah. both know this. <laughs> yeah. It's not easy, it's of course. So much fun. Yeah. <laughs> not easy. easy. So I do want to make sure that I preface that. And that is, of course, the reason why. I love to take the opportunity to provide resources just like this conversation, everything that we're providing, and also a reminder that there is support out there and there's coaches, mentors, therapists, practitioners, that there is a lot of support out there and that we should never feel like we're alone. And I'm also just saying that as a reminder for myself as well. Yeah, exactly. There's so much information out there. And as you hear from every other podcast or media that we have so much information at our fingertips. And if we are curious, if we need information, of course, double check your resources and where things are coming from. But also, there is there's so much out there that you can read and and get information from that. There shouldn't be, I, I want to say that there shouldn't be that much shame or difficulty around human sexuality at this point because of how much shit is on the internet. And of course, it's scary because there is that much shit on the internet, but at least some people can narrow it down to healthier interactions and to take away the shame of sexuality. I mean, Jesus, the United States has such a beautiful way of selling nude bodies and what they think is sexual, whatever mm conventional sexy is <laughs> so yeah we got to do better big time yeah 
Well, keep an eye out for Channing out there in the world, making huge moves in this area. And Channing, I just want to thank you for your commitment to to the space and to the time and effort you put into educating others and empowering others around the topic. It's a very, very beautiful thing. And your mark on the world is being made, no doubt. Thank you. That means a lot. Thank you. Baby steps. I'm trying my best. Mm-hmm. Don't take my word for it, though. Everybody, like, search for your path. Yes. <laughs> Not 15 it is all up to us individually at the end of the day. And looking at time, I do want to invite you to just share anything else that's on your mind, Channing, anything you want to, to close out with or share uh, with the listeners. Yes. I received great advice from an older lady. Her name was Mary Swan. She's hitting her 90s. And I asked her, I just asked what would she tell me, younger generations, how to live life, how to go about life? What was her experience or at least gathering from her 90-year experience? And she said, just be brave. Be sensible and be brave because you can be brave and not sensible, right? And go out and wreak havoc. But be brave and be sensible, which I really appreciate it because if you're not brave, we won't make any sort of ripple effect because we would be living out of fear. And I'm hoping to remove the fear and stigma behind human sexuality. And hopefully it ripples through generations to come and we change something because I'm tired of this shit. (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful, beautiful. Closing it with a bang. And last thing, where can people reach you? I believe we mentioned Instagram. Any other way or is that the main way to reach you it's just yeah it's just instagram currently i'll eventually get a web page okay. uh, i've been saying it for so long but perfect so we will link to, to that and yeah channing thank you so much this was a lot of fun and i'm sure we will have a follow-up soon yeah thank you so much for having me yeah, thank you so much